0: For many of us, a shopping center may feel like one of the safest places to visit. After all, they are often crowded, packed with CCTV cameras and well lit. What could possibly go wrong in such circumstances? However, tragically, this is not the case. In today's video, we'll be exploring two terrifying cases of people who went missing from malls. Catrice Lee. Born on November 28th of 1979, Catrice Lee was the light of her parents' lives. She was endlessly doted on by her family and was expected to have a bright and happy future. Catrice was born at the British Military Hospital in Rinteln, West Germany. The daughter of Richard Lee, a Sergeant in the Cavalry Regiment of the British Army and his wife, Sharon, Catrice spent the first two years of her life in Germany, although at the time of her vanishing, she spoke only English. On November 28th of 1981, Catrice turned two. The family made plans to visit the naffy shopping complex nearby to buy things for the little girl's party. Sharon's sister, Wendy, and her husband, Cliff, traveled to the city to celebrate the occasion. Catrice's big sister, Natasha, didn't want to go shopping, however, so she stayed behind with her uncle Cliff, while Wendy, Richard, and Sharon took Catrice with them. As it was the last payday before Christmas, the shopping center was bustling with activity. Sharon carried her daughter around as she didn't want to sit in the shopping trolley, while Richard remained in the car, waiting for his wife and sister to finish up. Finally, the two women reached the checkout. Sharon put her daughter down when she realized that she'd forgotten to get crisps. Trusting that Wendy would keep an eye on her, she left to get the item. However, when she returned, two-year-old Catrice was gone. Meanwhile, Wendy thought that the little girl had followed her mother down the aisle. That was when they realized that Catrice had disappeared. While the military police were in charge of the case, they had to negotiate with the German civil police because the shopping center was in town and not technically on the military's premises. Both agencies agreed that Catrice had likely fallen into the nearby River Lipper and drowned, but her body was never located in the river, which was later dredged. No evidence of her appeared there either. The Lees, for their part, slammed this theory, asking how authorities expected a two-year-old child to make her way from one store in a shopping complex all the way outside and into the river. To add to tensions between both agencies and the family and law enforcement, the German police reportedly refused to go to the press with the story. Six weeks passed before an article on Catrice appeared in the local paper. Despite searching the river thoroughly and conducting door-to-door inquiries, no leads turned up in the early months of the investigation and the case was eventually closed. It was reopened in 2000 when authorities were able to produce a computer generated image of what Catrice may look like at age 21. This new spotlight on the case prompted witnesses who'd previously not been interviewed to come forward, including a young man who was in the queue behind the lees and a checkout employee. Then a woman came forward with an eerie tale of her own. According to the woman, her boyfriend, who was in the same regiment as Catrice's father, had confessed to murdering a child. At the time this information came to light, the man was living in Northumberland. Military police did question the individual, but he denied admitting to any such thing and denied being involved with the disappearance. The woman who had initially reported him passed away soon after, essentially closing the lead. Law enforcement told the Lees that the man was likely a fantasist and had likely not been involved in the disappearance of their daughter. Catrice's story was featured on two BBC programs, Crime Watch and Missing Live. On Missing Live, a digital rendering of what the little girl would look like as a grown woman at 29 years old was shown. On Crime Watch, her older sister, Natasha, appealed to the public for information. Several tips came in and leads were followed, but ultimately all led nowhere. After the Crime Watch episode aired, an anonymous woman left a message on Richard Lee's answering machine, telling him to look for his daughter in France. While authorities took the tape into their possession to investigate the caller and the lead, nothing more came of it. One line of inquiry that was followed by law enforcement was the idea that Catrice had been abducted from the complex to be raised by another family, possibly in Germany or the UK, or perhaps elsewhere in Europe she was likely unaware of her true identity. Since Catrice had been born with a unique eye condition in which her left eye would have required two surgeries, an appeal was made to medical personnel with knowledge of such operations to come forward if they had operated on a child. This lead sadly appears to have gone nowhere, however. In April of 2018, The British military police and the German civil police announced that they would be undertaking a five-week forensic search on the banks of the river, but this sadly produced no new evidence. In September of 2019, a former serviceman in Swindon was arrested in connection with the case and his property was searched, but he was subsequently released. A month later, in October of 2019, A 40-year-old woman pled guilty to a malicious communications offense after pretending to be Catrice online and contacting the family. She was sentenced to 18 weeks in jail, ordered to undergo mental health treatment and was banned from contacting the family via a restraining order. The only real lead in Catrice's case was made in 2017 when an e-fit an electronic facial identification technique was released of a man the police wished to speak to. This man was reportedly seen at the time of the two year old's vanishing, carrying a small child into a green saloon vehicle. A similar car was seen near the River Alm in the days following the disappearance, which prompted authorities to investigate the riverbank the following year. In December of 2020, Authorities announced that they would be scaling back the investigation, much to the disappointment of the Lee family. The police told Richard that they would only investigate going forward if new evidence was found. Richard, who believes that his daughter was taken by someone, has been very vocal over the last four decades about how the initial investigation into the disappearance was botched. He said, I believe the whole investigation has been a complete and utter sham. He added that it took six weeks for checkout employees to be interviewed. And in one case, it took 20 years for the person to be questioned. He also noted that 48 hours had passed before border control was alerted to the fact that a child was missing. And it took a full day before sniffer dogs were brought in. On the whole, the investigation has been heavily criticized for the fact that many key witnesses interviews were delayed and that 36 years had gone by before the e-fit of the suspect was released. Catrice is still missing and her case is still unsolved. Richard Lee, now 71, continues to actively campaign for justice alongside the rest of his family. If Catrice is still alive, she will be 42 years old. If you have any information regarding her potential whereabouts, please call 0800-616-888. Duane Sims. The vanishing of four-year-old Duane Christian Sims is perhaps one of Michigan's most tragic unsolved cases. It is also rife with rumors, speculation, and unanswered questions. Dwan went missing on December 11th of 1994. According to his mother, Dwana, the pair had visited the Wonderland Mall in Livonia together and were walking when he vanished somewhere along the corridor between the Target store and the main area of the center at around 2.30 p.m. Little more is known about the exact circumstances in which Dewan went missing. Upon hearing Dwana's story, investigators were immediately suspicious They administered two polygraph tests shortly after the vanishing, and Dwana failed both. However, we must note that so-called lie detector tests are not foolproof and are inadmissible in most courts. Still, authorities believe that something was off with Dwana. They have stated on several occasions that they don't believe Dwan was ever in the mall. Dwana was questioned for 18 hours after her son's vanishing and both her car and her home were searched, all to no avail. Although the center had 12 CCTV cameras, not one of them picked up the four-year-old. Reportedly, when Duana was shown the footage, she pointed to a mother and child and said it was her and Duan. But this was found to be false because the pair's clothing did not line up with what Duana and her son were wearing at the time. Witnesses also placed the young woman as arriving alone at around 3.30 p.m., and some sources state that this was also captured on CCTV. Throughout the decades since the four-year-old vanished, Dwana has maintained her innocence. In 1995, she told the media that she had begun attending therapy sessions as a way to help her cope with the disappearance of her son. Her mother noted that Dwana had been emotionally devastated by the incident. She also said that she had a life insurance policy on Dwana, but that Dwana knew nothing about it. She said she had intended to use the money to help Dwana pay for university in the future. Meanwhile, Dwana's father, who is largely absent in most of the articles covering the story, and who appears to have kept a very low profile after his son's disappearance, passed a polygraph test administered by law enforcement. He has never been considered a suspect and told authorities that he believed Duana was a good mother. During their search for the four-year-old, the police checked along railroad tracks, relatives' homes, abandoned buildings, and even dumpsters and other trash containers they searched on foot and with ATVs and used sniffer dogs. A multi-agency task force investigated over 1,200 tips, one of which claimed Dewan was alive and living in Florida. Still, no trace of him has ever been found. In 1999, the police received a tip from another law enforcement agency, which led them to excavate an area in Hines Park in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. Here, they found a buried bag of bones. However, DNA testing proved that the remains were not Dewan's. That same year, the four-year-old was briefly thought to be Dennis, the DeKalb County Jane Doe, who was found in a cemetery in Georgia, but he was ruled out as a potential match. In the early 2000s, the Wonderland Mall was demolished. Locals believed that the remains of Dewan would be found in the rubble, but they never were. In 2019, a man named Mike Cash went to Livonia police to give a DNA sample, believing that he was the missing toddler. Authorities had learned of Cash via his Facebook posts in which he stated his belief that he really was Dewan Sims. He also accused his parents of lying to him about certain aspects of his life. Reportedly, Cash had previously reached out to Duana but she had blocked him upon discovering he could not answer questions about his birthday or the birthmarks he would have on his body if he was truly her son. While authorities suggested to Dwana that the pair meet, she said that she was uncomfortable with that idea. She did, however, give her own DNA and seemingly cooperated with this investigation. However, the results of Cash's DNA test are still unknown as the lab in which they were being tested in shut down during the 2020 pandemic. Both authorities and Dwana noted that they were skeptical of Cash's claims. There has been very little progress in Dwana's case over the years. Following his vanishing, Dwana moved to North Carolina where she remarried and had two more children. She passed away in December of 2020, and we are still no closer to uncovering the truth about what happened to her son. Duana told the media that she felt the investigation had been hindered early on because of both racial prejudices and the Susan Smith case, which occurred around the same time in which a woman reported her children as being kidnapped, but then confessed to killing them a week later. It likely did not help her public image when she was convicted in 1996 for threatening her husband with two knives during a domestic dispute. There have been many sightings of Dwan over the years, but so far, none have panned out. Authorities have said that although Dwana has passed away, the case is still open and they are investigating. Although there is little evidence available, there are many theories being discussed online. Most people believe that Dwana is in some way responsible for whatever happened to her son. It's been theorized that she sold Dwan or traded him to pay off debts, or that a partner of hers was violent and hurt him, or maybe that he was killed accidentally or died while unattended. Others have speculated that dwana had some sort of mental break or that she had left him in the car while she went into the mall and he was abducted from her vehicle. It is sadly possible we may never know what happened to the four-year-old boy, especially given the huge lack of physical evidence. Authorities reportedly have their own theories about what happened to Dewan, but they won't disclose what these are. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Dewan Sims, you can contact the Livonia PD at 734-466-2470. If Dewan is still alive, he will be 30 this year. And there you have the facts. Please leave a comment down below with your own theories and speculations. And remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. You can also support us by subscribing on Patreon for early access to our documentaries and a whole host of behind the scenes content. Thank you for watching. Stay alert, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.